Okay, so before we get into this topic, I think it's important to have some kind of baseline clarifying things uh, because we talk, we're going to be talking about blended families, and you can't talk about blended families. And as you'll hear in the interview, uh, it, w- Mike and Kim talk about how blended families are really the result of brokenness. Something is broken in the relationship. So you can't talk about blended families without talking about divorce. So I want to be very clear um, on what the Bible says, or at least what we what we believe the Bible says, most of the big points are agreed upon with within Orthodox Christian Bible-believing circles. There are some nuances to these things, which can only be really hashed out um, in an individual basis with relationships. So for clarity, uh, I've got seven points I want to make sure that are crystal clear as we move forward in this, because we value God's Word, and we want it to bear weight on our lives, especially in topics that are uh, more complex, like divorce and remarriage and blended families and all that stuff. So number one, divorce is never God's best for any marriage, Christian or non-Christian alike. Uh, we actually read in Malachi 2.19 in the NASB translation, it says God hates divorce. It's never his best for any marriage. Okay, so that's the that's the first point. The second point is as a last resort and quote unquote, because of hardness of hearts, the Bible gives two clear grounds for divorce. One, sexual immorality that comes from Matthew 5 verse 32 and Matthew 19 verse 9. And two, abandonment by an unbeliever that comes from 1 Corinthians 7.15. There is nuance. Now, hear me here. There are nuances to what constitutes constitutes abandonment abandonment excuse me by an unbeliever that can only be discerned on a case by case basis okay so there's nuance there you need to have pastoral care lots of prayer and biblical counseling if you're um, considering one of those last resorts which leads me to number three our third point is that the two grounds for divorce that are outlined in scripture shouldn't be construed as situations requiring divorce all right, I want to be clear on that. Divorce is not required or even encouraged in those cases. There are exceptions made and not imposed requirements. Okay, I just want to be really clear on that. Um, in every case, repentance, forgiveness, and reconciliation are always the best possible ways forward uh, if you're considering um, a divorce because of one of those biblical grounds. Now, with a little sidebars, we've seen... We've seen God move in incredible ways in couples that have experienced um, division and brokenness, and that could be considered one of those grounds for divorce. And they've con- they've continued to persevere into uh, reconciliation, repentance, reconciliation, forgiveness, all those things. And uh, honestly, their marriage is stronger and it's more uh, more even more beautiful than it ever was because of God's. Um, grace over their lives and his regenerative work in their hearts. So that's the fourth one. I'm sorry, that was the third one. Uh, The fourth point I want to make is that if the divorce is for unbiblical reasons, and this is coming from Scripture, okay, if the divorce was for unbiblical reasons, there are no grounds for remarriage. Okay, so we're talking about step families today. Obviously, there's grace and nuance here, so you need to talk to your pastor if anything I'm saying is causing pause in your heart, but get uh, care from somebody who knows you. Uh, if there are in- if there are instances where divorce occurs and it's biblically justified, uh, we believe that remarriage is acceptable for the innocent party. Now, that comes from Matthew 19.9. This is one of those nuances that people are hotly debating right now. But even then, we always encourage, I want you to know this, as fierce marriage, Ryan and Selena, we always encourage couples to fight hard for their marriage because uh, because reconciliation is the best way forward uh, when, when brokenness occurs. Um, and fight hard through prayer, counseling, and pursuing each other as Christ has pursued you. Okay, point number five, and I appreciate you sitting through this. Um, if, if you don't want to hear it, you can always fast forward. Uh, point number five is this is a very sensitive and nuanced topic for many that requires speaking truth in love in a relational context. Okay, so we don't want to be too brash and too harsh with others who are going through this. That's why I want to be sensitive. We don't want to abandon biblical truth, right? We have to stand on biblical truth. And and part of standing on biblical truth is speaking that truth in love and making sure and actually caring for someone's soul in terms of their salvation and sanctification and not just being right for being right's sake. Yes, God's truth is good, but um, we need to talk talk through these complex issues with people. Um, in a sensitive and nuanced way. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's the fifth point. Number six, there are hard questions like, can I remarry if I got divorced while I was an unbeliever? Um, can I remarry if I got divorced while I was an unbeliever? Uh, so this and questions like it are very complex. 
Um, they're hard to answer quickly on a podcast or a blog post and anything like that for every scenario, right? You, we urge you, for that reason, we urge you to get biblical counsel from a pastor who knows you and who can read God's word alongside you and really hash out that answer with the help of the Holy Spirit. And so you're actually being faithful to a faithful interpretation of God's word on that um, on that point. Finally, this last point I want to make as we jump into this interview, so thank you for giving me the time to do this. Finally, a divorced and or remarried believer should not feel any less loved by God. And what I mean by that is that this is not this is not to condone any sort of sin, but rather to reiterate that our being loved by God is a gift. It's a gift. Look at Ephesians 2, 9, and 10. It's a gift so that no one may boast despite our sin. God died for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. It's good for our salvation and eternity and sanctification until we get there. So that gift is good for our salvation and eternity, but also for our sanctification until we get there. That's the full gospel. So again, these these clarifying points I wanted to make as we head into this kind of difficult conversation about, frankly, not something we've ever talked about here, and that's blended families, divorce, remarriage. And so I kind of, this is actually a second iteration of this podcast. I want to make sure we're really clear that we believe these things about divorce and therefore about remarriage, which is why we're having this conversation. If all these qualifiers are made, then we can um, try to be remarried and have a blended family that, that honors God and serves him faithfully and honors and stewards family faithfully. Okay, so um, I just appreciate your grace. This is stuff we hold with an open hand. We trust God's word in this area. And anyway, at any rate, I hope you find this episode helpful. We're kind of going out on a limb, um, and, and hopefully it'll help somebody. But as always, we want to be faithful to God's word. And so hopefully this gives you confidence that we do still adhere to God's word, even on this area that is typically not very popular to adhere to God's word. on. So anyway, thank you guys. Thanks for being fierce with us, and uh, enjoy the episode. Take care. I have to admit, this is one of those topics that I do not know anything about. <laughs> um, it's blended families. And it's also a topic that is very, very, uh, what, what's the word? It's needed and desired and wanted by yes. our amazing listeners and readers. Yes. And we just frankly have not been able to speak to it until today. Yes. <laughs> so we, we were able to clear up, clear some of the air on this idea of blended families, how to have a healthy marriage within a blended family, how to, how to see yourselves if you came from a blended family, how to love each other well in that. And so we had a fun conversation today. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Now, I came from a divorced home, and I, uh, my parents didn't really have other children. I maybe had a stepsister kind of here and there, which is kind of weird to say, hmm. yeah. uh, because there was sort of these... Not my, my mom got remarried, but my dad didn't, but there was you know other people in their lives. And so I've, I've had some experience with how nuanced this can be of, you know, having different parents, different authority right. figures involved from a child's perspective. And then now being a parent myself, I, I can understand the dynamic would be mm. really hard to deal with. But thankfully, we are so excited to have our friends on here. Yes. Um, before we jump in there, I've also experienced it, too, because I married you. <laughs> yes. Right. And you have a different view of what uh, a man in a relationship can can and should act like. Mm-hmm. And I've had to overcome some of those hurdles because of, you know, that your your parents being divorced. And, and so there's a lot that we learned mm-hmm. in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, as Selena was about to say, we're very excited to have our friends Mike and Kim Anderson mm-hmm. on with us. And they are um, the, I, I would say they're, they're on the forefront of this topic in terms mm-hmm. of ministering to couples. They're actually local to our area, but we met them across the country. We met them <laughs> in a totally different state. And they, by coincidence, were only live about three hours away from us. We were able to interview them, and they brought so much light to this idea of blended families in light of the gospel, how mm-hmm. to love each other uh, with with the past, with mm-hmm. uh, what he, what the, what the phrase they use is that there was a, a, um, a, a break, right? Mm-hmm. Or a, um, what's the word? 
there was a hurt, there was a pain somewhere, mm-hmm. a divorce or a death or something that happened that caused this big fracture mm-hmm. in another marriage. And now you're sort of have, you have a second marriage or a third marriage. So obviously there's a lot of nuance there, but we hope this helps you. And um, we were extremely blessed by them and we believe you will be blessed as well. With that said, here's Mike and Kim. So glad to have you guys on the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Yes. Welcome, welcome. welcome. Thanks Thank for, you. Thanks for coming here. on and sparing some time with us. Um, sure. we, we met you guys at the Marriage Collective in mm-hmm. Georgia over this past October. Yes. And yeah. you guys were from Washington. We were from Washington. So obviously we had yeah. a few <laughs> right Not only are you guys from from Washington, but you're from Bellingham, which I feel like it's like a jewel of Washington. I, guess. Oh, yes. <laughs> I feel like if I could take our our community, the people that we know and love here, and just transplant everybody anywhere, it would be to like Bellingham, Washington. Oh. It is definitely a desirable place to live. Yes, yes. very beautiful. I got to spend two years of my college experience up at Western. So oh, Western, nice. it was oh yeah, it was a beautiful place. Loved it, loved it. Um, but we are talking today with you guys about blended families and a lot of our listeners are believers and we do have we get a lot of questions about how to navigate the Mm -hmm. waters of blendedness (laughs) (laughs) yes um so maybe you guys could share just a little bit of your story how you guys met because i know that kind of uh ties into how you guys began your mission and your vision and all the work that you guys do yeah absolutely well uh, we we worked together years ago uh, at a local organization, and uh, Kim got. I actually worked there first. Kim got hired, and all the guys were like, "Oh, did you see the new girl?" I tended to win the day with her. Um, so I had actually come out of a, a long-standing relationship, and at that time, and Kim also uh, had come out of a divorce. She had a daughter who was about four, I think, mm-hmm. when we first met. Well, we met. And we just developed a friendship. Yeah. Uh, we we kind of hung out together, a lot of work uh, and that kind of thing. And uh, and then all of a sudden, we can like pinpoint the day <laughs> that we fell in love. It was actually. surprising. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, God just totally moved in both of our yeah. hearts uh, at the same time. And well, I, I think what was interesting was... Um, that we, uh, I, I was terrified. Yeah. It's like the perfect word for it. Um, I was terrified because I grew up in a, in a blended family that was really, really dysfunctional. Yeah. Uh, so dysfunctional that I actually left home at 16 and been on my own ever since. And, um, and so here's, here's Kim with this little girl. I'm falling in love, not only with Kim, but with Annika, her daughter as well. But I'm thinking I I can't survive another experience like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happened was uh, the weekend right before our wedding, uh, a guy named Ron Deal, he's one of our country's leading experts on step families, was here in Bellingham, and we got to go to a two day seminar. Mm-hmm. Literally the two day the the weekend right before our wedding, as if we had no plans yeah. or anything. <laughs> Nothing we needed to do, but we decided to go. We absolutely went. And it was so eye-opening. It gave us hope that we could do something different than what I experienced. And for me personally, um, what was really beautiful was it explained a lot of why my family of origin um, experienced so many challenges. And it actually led to some amazing forgiveness for my dad and my stepmom and things like that. So that was really And then coming out of that, um, we got some curriculum from Ron to lead groups at our church. We started doing that right the first yeah. year we were married, and we continued to do that for 15 years mm. um, after that. And then just in the last three years, we've been really called to make this our full-time mission. And so this is all we do now. Yeah. I, uh, I, I resigned my job uh, in 2015, and now we're we're all we're in. Coaches. Yeah. yeah, we're all in. <laughs> I, and I think for me, going back to that workshop uh, that we went to with Ron Deal, that was really eye-opening for me. Mm. I was kind of oblivious. I'd never been involved in step-family dynamics. And I was kind of like, oh, it'll all be good, you know. And I was kind of in <laughs> la-la land. And 
And it was eye-opening for me. I mean, almost Mm -hmm. to the point of shocking. Mm -hmm. And so we were both like, yes, we're going to start leading a group. We Mm want to learn how to do this right. We want to help others. We want to, you know, be part of a supportive, um, you know, ministry to help people navigate this. And so that's kind of been our passion since day one is to just encourage and equip people and educate them. Um, and really help to give them some practical skills to strengthen their marriages and nurture their kids and stepkids um, because it's it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And- Kim, I, I appreciate you. Um, I I appreciate you saying that you you were living in La La Land because I feel like <laughs> I was living in La La Land on this issue until we talked to you guys yeah. when we met. Yeah. Uh, down in Atlanta, Atlanta. That's how you say that. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> no, you said it right the first time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the southern way. Yeah. Hot Atlanta, right? No, but, so this is actually. So I want to speak to that a little bit because a lot of the couples that are re- that are going to be listening to this uh, are probably not as aware um, as maybe mm-hmm. they can be. Right? At that mm-hmm. the kind of the not how many how prevalent blended families are is what I right, want to say. Right. So. How, what, I mean, do you know any statistics? I'm sure you do, but what are like, what's the percentage of families that are blended uh, in our modern society? Yeah, interesting. That's a great question, Ryan. Um, One of the interesting things the last time the US did a census that to try and identify that, um, they identified 40% of families in the US living in blended families. But that actually, because of two fundamental things in their study, uh, there's some flaws in that. The first one is, they only counted where a child legally resided. So mm. if Johnny lives with mom full time and is that she's a custodial parent, but dad is also recoupled and Johnny's moving back and forth, dad's house might not have gotten counted. Even though oh, the wow. child spends exactly. time there. Wow. And then the gotcha. other flaw, the other flaw is they only counted legal marriages. And as okay. you know, mm. cohabitation continues to be on the rise. And mm. so, Families actually living in step family dynamics, regardless of the legal agreement between a husband and a wife, mm. uh, or between a man and a woman, I should say, um, uh, those kids are still in that situation. And so, mm. some further research by Ron Deal and his team, Ron suggests that we're actually closer to about 55% wow. families mm. in the US living in blended families. Yeah, actually, one in one third of every marriage is taking place in the United States is forming a new step family. Yeah. Wow. 2000 a day, 2000 step families so, being formed every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That leads me to the next question. Cause I heard you and I want to make sure we get the vernacular down here because again, we've been a little bit ignorant to this, this, those statistics and to this need. Um, and Mike, I heard you say something that the husband may have recoupled in that situation. So <laughs> that means I assume that, uh, got into another relationship, another marriage. Yeah, right. Can you now let's be just take two seconds or two sentences, I should say, what is a blended family? I mean, specifically, how would we, how should we define that? And when you're using that term, um, both of you, what do you guys mean specifically by that? Well, it's when kids are involved. Okay. Um, from previous yeah, relationships. From a previous relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it forms out of a loss. Mm -hmm. So there's a divorce, Mm -hmm. there's a separation, there's possibly a death or abandonment. Mm -hmm. There's some kind of loss that has taken place um, in the first family structure. So there's a split, there's children involved, and then there's recoupling that happens. Okay. On one or both sides. Yeah. Yeah. So a step family is, we live in a step family because Mm -hmm. Kim had a uh, daughter from a previous relationship and I have now entered in. Um, to relationship with her and we formed a step family. Mm-hmm. Okay. So are, sometimes kids are in dual homes. So they're jumping back and forth between mom and dad, sometimes not. Yeah. Um, so that, that it's still considered step family dynamics. Yeah. And each scenario is going to pose a different sort of um, pitfalls, right? Or each or yeah. different sort of things that you have to think through as a married couple to navigate, you know, if you've got kids that are leaving for the weekend or they're staying mm-hmm. full time, that's going to have a different dynamic um, exactly. in the family. So, yeah. And there's, there's two separate types of step families. One would be a simple step family. That's where one partner brings children in and a complex step family is where both partners have children from previous relationships that they're bringing in. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I'm just hearing you talk about the percentages 
Uh, and just speaking from a personal uh, experience. So growing up, I my parents got divorced when I believe I was in f- first grade, heading into first or second grade. And so I remember being one of very few uh, that did not have a father at home. I remember mm-hmm. vividly being that sort of not outcast, mm-hmm. but different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as time went on, and as I grew up and in high school and junior high, I saw more of my friends' parents getting divorced. Yeah. And obviously we're seeing the effects of that, that trend and that change. And um, my parents did get remarried and divorced, um, but there was no, there were no other kids really brought into those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that's just, it's, but there were kids uh, that would come on weekends. Right. Mm. And we, so we would have to kind of pretend we're a family or, be yeah. a family for a weekend and then not. And so that's, yeah. you know, there's just different dynamics there for kids and they don't always know how to articulate and mm. parents don't always know how to respond. And I, mm. you know, it's so everything you're saying and doing, it's just, I feel like it's bringing some structure yeah. uh, mm. to the conversation and to my own personal experience of, mm. yeah, this sure. is all happening, but I don't really understand what it is. And okay, now you're, you're bringing this structure and this framework for me to help me navigate. And I love that you said that it, it comes I don't love this. It's a, it's a, you know, it comes from a loss, but like, I feel like Jesus is right there, right? Like he, he redeems us and the losses that we experience, he is so faithful to meet us there and and create something beautiful and amazing from that. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you what I, this has been an eye opener for me because we're not a blended family, right? We're the only people that we've married and Mm -hmm. we have kids that are our own and, you know, together. Um, But Selena came from this, mm-hmm. right? And so she she has, has, as a wife, had to figure out how to navigate life as a wife, life as a mom, life as a woman, not having a father figure around yeah. and yeah. not having a, a... Well, and having a mom that had to, you know, have a different role as provider right. and caretaker. Not and, necessarily the nurturer, right. not nurturer or whatever, right. but I mean, she was very nurturing in, in some ways, but... Yeah, so that I think even if you're not in a blended family and some, you're listening to this, there's right, still going to be generational things, generational stuff. There's a good chance that a large, large, mm-hmm. large percentage of the folks listening to this are being affected by a blended family in one way or another. Right. So absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. You you likely have a friend, a coworker, a, yeah. a right. member of your own family who is in some way uh, connected to or in themselves a, mm-hmm. a blended family. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about, I want to, I want to go a little bit deeper with you guys. I mean, you guys have a, a breadth of experience and a depth of experience that is so unique. And that's, I, that's why when we started talking at the conference, I just kind of latched onto you. <laughs> I was like, okay, give me, you know, let me pick your brain here. Sure. So let's, let's talk about, okay. I want to, I want to see how does faith play into this? And then I want to also see what are the biggest kind of hurdles that you see uh, blended mm-hmm. families face, you know, maybe the top three issues or so, but let's start with that first question is, if you're, you know, if, if someone's listening to this and they're in a blended family, they've, for whatever reason, they've experienced a loss and mm-hmm. they, um, and they are now in a new marriage. How should faith bear weight on that experience or how they approach that new family? Well, well one thing you, you said already, mm-hmm. Ryan, is that Jesus is all about redemption. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and Thank yes, God. And so, like Kim said, you know, it definitely comes from a a loss, and yet God's in the process of redeeming that loss. Yeah, it's beauty, beauty from the ashes. Mm -hmm. It really is, Mm and And we've seen that play out in our own. Oh yeah, Yeah. we we both had seasons of separation from God in our lives. We both had pretty rough uh, childhoods and upbringings that affected us negatively, and. And when God brought us together, I mean, it was it was surprising. Um, it was unlikely. It was unlikely. <laughs> it really was, and unexpected. Honestly, yeah. I was, you know, thinking I'm just going to be a single mom, and that's it for me. Uh, I was very uh, uh, timid about getting in a relationship <laughs> again because I'd been hurt. It was painful. Mm-hmm. It was hard. Um, but God brought us together. There's no doubt in my mind that he had a purpose. And mm-hmm. um, shortly after we did get together, we took a, a, we went and had a family picture taken, just me, Mike, and, and my daughter. Her name is Annika. And um, 
Are those the engagement pictures you're talking no, about? No, this was our like a professional picture. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And Mike took that picture and put it in a frame that had Jeremiah 29 11 mm. on the bottom of the frame. For mm. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Mm -hmm. And I have that on my bedside table. Yeah. And that's, that's what God did, you know, mm. in, in my life personally. I mean, just a couple of years before meeting Mike, I was, you know, in a rehab center contemplating suicide, yeah. going through mm. my second divorce. Mm. I was yeah. a wreck mm. and Jesus came to me and turned my life around. And Mike was part of that. Mm. And this blended family is part of his plan yeah. of redemption. Absolutely. One of the things I love, and I want love to draw that. attention, I want to draw attention to this love real fast, that. that Jeremiah, right? So you, you quoted Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. The thing I love about that him as a prophet and that whole book, and it can, where that verse comes into the life of the Israelites is that he's the weeping prophet, right? So this is a very sad book, mm -hmm. like talking about the, the kind of the the how the Israelites have turned their backs from yeah. from their God, and he is and Jeremiah is very obviously grieved by this, and he's weeping and, and going through you know, all of the different woes leading up to 29. And he's reminding God's people that God had a good plan in all that mm -hmm. and a plan to eventually give them a hope and a future. Right. And that is the person and work of Christ yeah. um, and to, yeah. and to do things they had never even imagined. So we see a picture, beautiful pic a reminder. I mean, a very explicit overt reminder of the gospel in that. And I honestly see the, an overt reminder of the gospel in you guys in yeah. that you have this past Right, this past that yeah. could it could be seen as a plague, could be seen yeah. as a <laughs> forever crutch. Yeah. we might have to steal yeah. that. Yeah. And, and we had both had a season, like I said, of turning our backs on God mm -hmm. and running. And, but and here so he is redeemed. He's redeemed you guys in that yeah. you've you've kind of found your way back to him, and you've found your way into this relationship where you're equally yoked now. But not only that, you've flipped the script, and now you're on the offense against yeah. this problem in, 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 in humanity and in, in our culture. So anyway, I just want to point that out. That's why I think that verse is very interesting that you would say so, that right yeah. there. So good, Ryan. And you know I, what I would add to that is um, we all like that 2911, but most of the time we don't back up to 2910. This is yes, what yes. the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, then I'll come to you. Yeah. Like, you like, okay, I've got really? these plans for you, but you're going to have to wait for a while. Right. And, right. and that is so important in the step family yeah. journey because we talk about how how much time this Patience. takes. Oh. One thing we'll throw out there is that it, it takes, on average, research shows it takes seven years for a blended family to actually start to integrate. On average. Wow. Seven so, years. Seven yeah. years. So when you think about some of those blended families that, that in, you know, in that research that, that just maybe never really blended right. or really struggled for a long time, that average is seven years. And, and often couples have two approaches to that. One, it's like, seriously, I got like another six years of this. <laughs> <laughs> or often, I think, I think more often yeah. than not, we, we see relief in their eyes. And uh, they go, oh, I don't have to make this work today. Yeah. yeah. So good. The pressure off. And that, you know, and that leads me to um, just this idea of, okay, this is going to be a journey, just like mm -hmm. Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah says, hey, it's going to be 70 years, but there's something mm -hmm. at the end of that There's 70 hope. years that's worth it, that we can we can land on, on hope there. And in the midst of that, I'm, I'm kind of I love Philippians four, uh, four, six and seven says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation through prayer and petition, underline with Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. present your requests to God mm -hmm. and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So yeah. when we're in that seven year average, whatever it is for you in a blended family. Um, we've got a God who will provide mm. his peace that we don't, we can't even fathom in the midst yeah. of all that. Uh, we just have to stay centered on him, continue to uh, prayer, you know, continue in prayer mm. and petition, even when we feel like throwing in the towel and is this even making a difference mm. and then really focusing on what it is that we have to be thankful for. So, so I feel like a blended family is going to have a really, um, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the statistics show that, a, you know, a family that's been gone through a loss, gone through a divorce, it's high, it's a higher likelihood they'll go through one again. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure this plays yeah. into that. 
is the difficulty of it. So yeah. as a couple, you know, so you've got a husband and a wife listening to this, just try to imagine those, that person that you've already counseled, right? Cause you guys do some one-on-one coaching and counseling. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I mean, how can you tell them to just cling to each other, right? To cleave to each other and to, um, to be that one flesh. How can they do that in light of the gospel specifically? I mean, is that, what did that look like for you guys as you grew in your faith earlier on? And how can you encourage couples listening to this today to do that? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, Ryan, in some ways, that's a really challenging question because so many of the dynamics in step family life actually drive a wedge between you as a mm. couple. And so how the real, the, I don't know how to say this, to really cling to each other, you've got to understand and have have realistic expectations about the pressures mm. and the dynamics that are pressing in on you both and that that are there that will threaten your marriage. And, 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 you know, for, for, for those of us who are wanting to honor God with our marriage, with our, our blended family marriage, uh, man, the enemy wants nothing more oh, than to take yeah. you out. You're under attack. And so those dynamics that are already challenging uh, can get exacerbated mm. by the enemy. And mm. now all of a sudden you're actually pitted against each other mm. and you're protecting your kids from Ooh. your partner. Yeah. It's easy wow. to divide along yeah. biological yeah. lines. Very so, easy. You know, in, our, in our story, we, uh, we were about seven years into marriage and we almost lost it. We were almost one yeah. of those statistics and it was uh, at times sheer grit yeah. to say <laughs> we are, we are not going to put, we, we have two mutual kids as well mm-hmm. um, that we've had since we've been married and uh, you know, looking at them and just going, we are not going <clears> to, <throat> them through that and um what is it that we're gonna we're gonna lose not only uh you know we had already been leading couples through groups and trying to be healthy and and all of that what is it that we're gonna lose but what are what's our community gonna lose Hmm. if we don't figure this out and it's it's easy when you're facing these challenges Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of our challenges came from my ex uh, you yeah. know, we went through a three-year court battle and that was so mm. painful and emotional and it just stressed us in every possible way. And my mm. daughter was just, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of them, um, a lot of the pressures that blended family couples face are emotional. Yeah. Um, right. it bring, brings up, you know, fears from the past and you're dealing with a lot of highly charged mm. emotions. And so taking those to God. Yeah. And just crying out to him. I mean, I, I'm a yeah. big, big time believer in lamenting yeah. because God hears those, hears those prayers mm. and sees yes. those tears and he will give you the comfort you need to get through that day. And he can change hearts. Yeah. You know, there was a season when I, we had to pray for um, God to change each other's hearts because we were just not in a place where we even wanted to be around each other or connect with each other. And we needed God mm-hmm. to, to bring that, bring us back together. Yeah. Um, and yeah. He, he, he did, he was faithful every time. That's you know, so good. That's so good. His yeah. wisdom comes through because she gave the real answer to your question, Ryan, which is <laughs> you want to cling to each other. You've got, got to, cling to cling to God, God. first. Yeah. Oh man, let's just it. mic drop right there. We'll just we'll just leave it at <laughs> we, that. We can't we can't do this on our own. No. I mean, Mm-mm. we just can't. It's mm-hmm. not it's not possible. Yeah, we right. wouldn't have made it through that tough season. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to where we are now, we were ready to give in. I mean, yeah. I remember thinking, I, I, you know, this is too hard. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if God hadn't have been at the foundation of our marriage, uh, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have made it through. And here you are. Right. There's so much good to be had. Right? Yeah. Now we're on the other yeah. side and we're looking right. back. Oh, I'm so up. glad we struggled. You're glad we didn't give up and move on to the next oh, one. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. so yes. sobering because look what we could have, you know, could have lost. Could have lost. Right. Got yeah. Our, right. our oldest, you know, 23 yeah, now. 23. And we've got two high schoolers coming up that are, you know, our youngest is a freshman now. And, yeah. And just all these awesome things that are going on yeah. and, and not even to mention this ministry that we get to spearhead yeah. and, and move forward. 
So. That's awesome. That's so great. And so uh, just to get real tangible and to jump in. So you're saying you've got high schoolers in the house, yep. you've got, you know, teenagers <laughs> in the house. And I know uh, a friend of mine, so they are a blended family and they have, um, he has a, a daughter from mm-hmm. previous marriage. And so, and she's a teenager. And mm-hmm. so she's been pretty vocal and processing with me about simple things like college applications or motivating them to do things and not being, <laughs> not having that sort of power or authority maybe to yeah. discipline, which I think it looks differently mm-hmm. for each family. But I, I want to get real tangible because I feel like as a, as a listener, I'd, I'd want to know, like, how do you negotiate some of this discipline and reward strategies, getting real tangible of just like, okay, we've yeah. got kids, teenagers in the house. How do we, who handles what, right? Who handles what punishments <laughs> and discipline? Or, or even young kids, not just even, teens. Yeah, even young yeah. kids, of course. Every yeah. stage, every stage comes you, with their you, own You're tapping in right there with that question. You're tapping into the number one reason people reach out to us for help. And yeah. it has everything to do with parenting and discipline. Um, yeah. yeah, we we connect with all kinds of people. And, and it, it's, it's so <laughs> challenging. It's a really challenging area yeah. to navigate. It's yeah, it's one of the easiest places for couples to make what uh, another expert we love named Patricia Paper. Now she we love how she puts it. She says it's easy to make easy wrong turns. Yeah, you, yes. you think you're doing it the right way. You think you're on track. But in step family dynamics, you can be so off without mm-hmm. even knowing it. And this is an area where couples can really get off quickly. Absolutely. So, yeah. So what do you guys do? How do you guys I guess what what, what are like two th- two ways to kind of help? maybe coach people, coach those parents and those husbands and wives into like disciplining and rewarding. Are there any kind of foundational things? So that... at this point you need to pick two specific ways that affect yeah. everyone. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> I know there's like a thousand. You use the word discipline and reward. Because yeah. one just quick tip there is let the bio parent do the disciplining and let the step parent do the rewarding. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. We, we learned kind of early on. Um, we've got to have our expectations yeah. in line. First and we've got to accept that parenting in a step family is very, very different than parenting in a first family or even in a single parent home. There's got to be intentionality. There's got to be some strategy around how you're going to do it primarily around where parental authority is going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine that you just got, uh, that you've been at a job for, you know, 10 years. You've been, you've built a real good rapport with your boss. And then all of a sudden your boss's boss, you know, leaves the company and there's a new person coming in. And that new person is like a bull in a china shop and they come in and they're, you know, all over the place. They're, you know, not looking at the chain of command. They're, you know, Mm -hmm. telling you what to do and all that. You're going to be frustrated with that person. You're going to be irritated by that person and you're going to cling even more to your boss. But you know what? They're getting some of their power stripped out from under them because they've got this bull knocking you around. Mm. And that can be what it's like for a stepchild sometimes. The step parent comes in, maybe they're not the boss's boss, they're supposed to be equal, but because they're trying to place uh, their, like establish their authority right out of the gate, they're like a bull in a china shop, you know, do this, don't do that. And and the kid's going, who the heck are you? Why are you telling me what to do? You know, how do I, I don't have any history with you. I don't have any trust built with you yet. Right. Um, And that is the core. In fact, Ron Deal says the number one mistake that step couples make is when a step parent is either given or is taking too much parental authority too soon. The first priority for any step parent needs to be in building that relationship. And and the first priority for parents is to hold on to the reins Mm -hmm. of parental authority because your bond is already there. You're already tight you got to work really hard to break a parent-child bond. Yeah. Like you got to be a mm-hmm. really terrible parent yeah. to do the that. The bio parent needs to, <clears throat> yep. needs to really step up yep. and, and handle this. Handle That's needs tough. To I can up. imagine. It, it is. is tough. Because <laughs> I know Selena and I, we, I mean, we even have these conversations where we're like, Oh, she loves you more than she loves me. <laughs> Talking about her own kids, yeah, and yeah. it's kids. You know, they they kind of like they blow. They go whatever way the wind blows, right? So you kind of got to yeah. have thick skin. I think. 
I mean, I hear what you're saying. My only pushback or my, I guess my question of that would be, man, that, that biological parent has to be very secure in yes. their relationship. They have to be very secure in their own purpose and meaning as a parent, as a, as a husband or wife, as a person, as a child of God, that to be really, really secure. So I guess yes. I want to, so we, we don't have much time left, but I want to talk about this idea of navigating feeling lonely or feeling stuck um, and how to get people through that specifically from each perspective. So I want to give you both kind of a, an opportunity. Um, this is a big topic, right? Blended families is a huge, huge topic. I mean, you guys have devoted your lives to helping families going through this. I mean, truly, you've devoted your lives and and that's that just speaks to the complexity of it, the need that's there. So mm-hmm. I don't expect that we'll solve every problem here and now. But what I want to do <laughs> tangibly is give husbands and give wives very specific uh, ways to kind of be encouraged in this mm-hmm. season and whatever's on your guys' heart individually. And then from there, I, after after we hear guys' heart on that, I'd love to just point people to your resources. And I, I think you guys have a breadth and uh, of resources that are available. So um, let's let's just finish with that. So Kim, let's start with you. How would you encourage a wife um, in this situation? Specifically, how can she, how can you encourage her in her role as a wife, as a woman and as a, not in that order, as a woman, as a wife and as a mom? Uh, how can you encourage that that woman? Well, it, it's really, I mean, like I said, I was in La La Land when we got together. And it's, it's, it's easy when those high expectations just hit you and you're feeling defeated and disappointed and maybe even angry. It's easy for emotions to take over. And uh, is, for wives, I, I really encourage wives to go to God and ask God, how can I help my husband to love me better? We need to sometimes show our husbands or help them um, to love us the way we need to be loved. And rather than feeling irritated that they don't have it all together and they don't know what either they should be doing, um, help them and and bring those walls down. A lot of times when um, I'm feeling like, you know, disappointed or misunderstood or whatever it is, you know, I I put up relational walls between Mike and I, and I just kind of feel like, ah, I shut down. Don't allow that to happen in your relationship. Keep the walls down, keep the communication flowing. Communication is so hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's a skill Mm -hmm. that everyone can learn. It's Mm -hmm. a skill that Mike and I are still learning, even Mm -hmm. after 18 years of being together. Um, Keep learning, keep striving. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to travel this journey alone. Uh, Mm -hmm. we We hear blended families say all the time, we feel so alone, we feel so alone. Um, you don't have to be alone and you don't have to wing it either. (laughs) A lot of the attitudes we hear out there is we'll just figure it out as it goes along. And boy, they hit a wall. They feel Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. Uh, They don't know how to move forward. They get stuck. Um, You don't have to go it alone. Get a community, get support along the way, get education, um, reach out to others, get, you know, pray, ask others for prayer for you. We, we had, you know, a whole supportive group praying for us and over us and mm-hmm. get mentors involved in your lives. Um, you, you really, uh, you don't have to go it alone and you don't have to just wing it. So you don't have to be superwoman. You don't have to be superwoman. Right. <laughs> yes. Love it. Love it. I know as a husband, even um, just in a non-blended blended family, I just want my wife to just to tell me what's going on in her head. <laughs> Help me love you. <laughs> Where do you want to eat? Don't don't say you don't know because I know you know. Yeah, yeah. be open and honest, and, and that's hard, especially if you've been through a divorce. It's yeah. hard to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's hard right. There's a lot um, of brokenness there for sure. Trust issues and all kinds of things. Um, and if you, you know, if you need to get help with a, a counselor, go do that. Yes. Do what you need to mm, do. That's good. To work through your own stuff so that you can come to, to the marriage ready to open up and be vulnerable. And make sure that that person you reach out to help has a values match with yes, you. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. That's good, Mike. That's good. That's good. I can already tell you guys are good at coaching. That's, that's you're, you're very coach-esque. I'll say that. So Mike what, do you, Mike, what do you have for the husbands? I mean, I'd love to hear your encouragement for, yeah, for us. You know, I'm just, I need it. I, I encourage, I encourage husbands and specifically, you know, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a dad and I'm a stepdad. And when I look at what's common between those three things, it's 
really keeping myself focused on giving more than taking. Um, mm. You know, I, I'm so grateful that God brought Kim into my life. And as we were headed toward marriage, even through that season of being terrified, uh, there's certain things I go in and I, and I want for myself in marriage. But really engaging in this blended family journey in any marital journey, I believe, uh, is less about focusing on what it is that we want to get out of marriage and more about what we're going to put into marriage. Wow. Uh, and, I, and I think God will honor that. He will, he will bless that uh, in more ways than one. You know, we talk about um, giving in all different kinds of ways. I love uh, Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous prosper and are satisfied. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Mm. So how can I work that into my, uh, my marriage, into my parenting, into my step parenting, uh, and really stay focused there, trusting that then God is going to be the one who gives the return. That's incredible. One, one of the ways I really uh, encourage husbands, especially in those areas, right? Because I feel like uh, they're always kind of, the family's looking to the husband or the father or the stepfather to kind of be the gauge, right? And so we always kind of, I, I always encourage men to wherever you can be generous, default to generosity on every yeah. sense, like just yeah, give, absolutely. give, 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 give. I know that it kind of feels like, what about me? What about, what, what about my needs? And I'm just saying, and what you just said is like, just trust yeah. that your needs will be met by, by Christ. Your needs will be met um, by your wife, by your family. And that they may not, it may not happen immediately, but um, yeah, the people that are generous to truly are refreshed. I think that's just the way God made things, you know? Um, so you guys have a lot of resources. I mean, I think our, I, I get the sense and I know our listeners get the sense that this conversation could go on for hours and we'd be, we'd never <laughs> exhausted. I mean, we, we love talking to you more. guys. Yeah. 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 And, and, and you have so much, you have just so much experience in this area. Um, we loved hearing your heart when we got to meet in public um, or sorry, we got to meet in, what's, what's the word? We got yeah, to meet yeah. in face to face. There it is in public. It was in public kind of. Yeah, when we got to, <laughs> I'm thinking like of three different things right now as I'm trying to, um, so you have so, so, so much knowledge. So we can point, I'm going to love to point our listeners to um, your guys's resources just because of all you got going on there. And because you're kind of in flux, your platform has been evolving. I'm really impressed, frankly, by just how you've made so much knowledge available in so many tangible ways. And so um, the easiest way I'm going to, I think I'll just, we'll set up a, re, a redirect URL that will send people to the most uh, relevant resource for them. And it's going to be at fiercemarriage.com slash blended. And what that will do is that will point couples or the families that, that need this, it'll point them directly to you. Um, but tell us what, what can be found there. So fiercemarriage.com slash blended. Again, we'll point, go there and you'll find exactly what Mike and Kim are going to talk about. <laughs> what do you guys got there? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, most couples living in a blended family eventually feel pretty overwhelmed with those circumstances and they're really uncertain how to move forward. So what we have there are several different tools because uh, that, that families can use that are going to give them a simple framework. Uh, it'll help them with a fresh vision. And we've got several real life strategies that can, can help them build more connection and reduce conflict in the home and increase their confidence. Um, and really, we want to partner with with couples so that they can create a whole new legacy for their family. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure which tool to actually zero in <laughs> on there. Um, but, but you know, we've got everything from uh, self-paced online courses to an opportunity to connect with us for individual awesome. coaching uh, mm -hmm. to even, uh, you know, tons of articles out there on our blog. Mm. So uh, for, at, at every level, every budget, um, we're, we're trying to create something for, for every step family. That's awesome. And, That's great. and Kim, you nailed it. I feel like you don't have to wing it. You don't no. have yeah. to just right. wonder if you're doing it in a productive way or you're going about asking these questions. Like people need yeah. coaching along this process right. and they might feel isolated. They might, it's taboo, right. To talk about these things in some circles. So um, yeah, definitely fair listener, go to fiercemarriage.com slash blended. Mike and Kim will take good care of you. Mm -hmm. um, and they've got some amazing tools there, but you guys, thank you so much. This oh, has been yeah. a blessing to us. Yes. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate yes. it. Thanks we're so, much. yeah, we're so grateful for your time. I especially am so thankful for you guys and your experience and, 
I feel like you're the voices and the front runners of, you know, kind of the the brokenness and fallout that has happened over the last couple of decades. And yeah. God is using you guys in such a mighty way. And I mm. love that we're only a two hour drive from, from you all. And, <laughs> yeah. um, yes. You guys are just such, you're just such great role models. I don't know. I just, I'm so yeah. grateful to know you and to have met you guys. Yeah. And we can, we really get kind of the pastor pastor's heart. I know you guys aren't yeah. pastors vocationally, but you do have a kind of a pastoral way or a shepherd's way about mm-hmm. you. And so I appreciate that. And I know that that's, that's behind the heart of what you're doing. Essentially, as you're coaching, you're really just walking alongside people in their, in their situation. So if you, if you don't mind, I'd like to pray for you guys. Um, just as you continue to, to do this, mm. God will continue to bless your work and make it fruitful. So Lori, thank you for Mike and Kim. Thank you for their hearts. Thank you for their, their story, mm. God, and how you have used um, the, the uh, damage of sin, the damage of lies that have been believed, Father, but you've used it and you've redeemed it. And now you're using it to redeem other families, to mm. redeem other marriages, and to make um, beauty from the ashes. Lord, you make beautiful things out of the dust, and we are the result of your grace alone. Mm. So I thank you for this conversation today. I pray for the families that are blended, um, that are listening to this, the the stepmoms, the stepdads, the step or the, the husbands and the wives who are feeling um feeling alone. They're feeling lost. They're feeling like they're meandering in the desert. Father, I pray that this would be a fresh glass of water for them. Holy Spirit, refresh them through this. And I pray that uh, you would continue to impact couples through the work of their ministry, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Thank you. All right, guys and listeners, again, you can find Mike and Kim's resources at fiercemarriage.com slash blended, and we'll redirect redirect you to the appropriate spot. But uh, you guys, thanks again for joining us. Great to connect with you again. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk again soon. And I'm I'm thinking we'll probably have to have you guys write something for the blog. I just think you've got too much, too much. We need to to just get the juice out of the squeeze, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, take care. Thank you. You too. Fierce Marriage listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation with Mike and Kim Anderson. If any of this stuff has been helpful to you, like we said in the episode, you can find all of Mike and Kim's resources starting with fiercemarriage.com slash blended. That's fiercemarriage.com slash blended. They truly are an amazing couple who are doing God's work in this area. So if you feel alone or you feel like you need some help uh, in navigating the complexities of living in a blended family, please start there fiercemarriage.com slash blended. Like they said during our interview, you don't have to do this alone. You can do it uh, with people in your corner. So anyway, we hope this episode has blessed you and we pray that it continues to bear fruit in your life for months and years to come. We'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.